Hello and welcome into the first Rookie Stripes podcast of the 2024 season. I'm Garth. That's Tyler. How we doing? It's been a long off season. Well, it's actually been not that bad because NASCAR ends pretty late and starts pretty early. So we're right back at it. I'm still in my IndyCar season of despair, but yeah, we're back. Yeah, you still got a while. Oh yeah. What we got like at least another month or so, mm. but yeah, we're back at Daytona. We already had the clash. So that's not, we a got Daytona. a little bit of news to cover. Not anymore. Well, I know, but we already had the clash. Now we're at Daytona. Oh, I see. Well, no, nobody's at Daytona yet. Oh That's not until next weekend. <laughs> right, because we don't have speed weeks anymore. We have yeah, speed days. Because we can't have nice things anymore. No. Um, so, first off, the Clash was a little wild in, in that it got bumped up a day because of, like, and they were actually calling it biblical flooding that was supposed to happen in L.A. on Sunday. I didn't pay that close of attention. I don't know how much flooding or storms actually happened on Sunday. But, yeah, moved it up Saturday night because of unprecedented severe weather is what they put in the press release as to why they moved it up. But it was kind of funny that I don't know that a lot of people saw that it got moved up until it was probably mm. too late. because. Yeah, they literally even made admission free. It was already free for Saturday in the first place, but you could literally get into the actual clash for free Saturday night. And I'm not sure there was a thousand people in the stands. It didn't look like it. I saw somebody claim that there were like 25,000 people there. I'm like, are they hiding? Like, Yeah, were they <laughs> hiding under the stands? Were they outside? Yeah, that was probably because I didn't get to watch it until the next morning. But that was probably the first thing that stood out to me was, wow, there is nobody there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so ended up having an abbreviated day of racing. The heat races got canceled. Everything kind of got shortened. You ended up having kind of practice and qualifying in one session and then straight into the clash. And then straight into the Mexico Series race after that at like, I don't know, what was it, like 10 or 11 Eastern, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, overall, outside of schedule changes and poor attendance and things like that, I don't think it was a terrible night of racing. Um, was it great? No, but... I don't think it was terrible. I don't know that the Clash has necessarily lost its luster at L.A. just yet. I feel like it's getting there, but I don't know that we're at that point where we need to say, okay, we need to leave the Coliseum now and go somewhere else. Yeah, I just there's only so much you can do with the 150-lap race on that track because there's no strategy to play, really. I mean, you just got to have people that are competitive. Now, all that said, I am... I don't want to say impressed because this is like base level expectations, but I'm glad NASCAR moved the race to Saturday instead of just trying to do it Sunday. Like they mm -hmm. always do. Um, I, I know it was said that that was unprecedented all that. I'm glad that they're actually looking at the freaking weather now. <laughs> right. Hopefully we don't have another Daytona 20, 20, 
Yeah. What year was that that they piled everybody up in the rain in turn one at the at the twenty two? Because that was the last year of the Gen six, right? Or seven? I don't know. No, because so many freaking the, cars. Twenty two no. was the first year of the Gen, uh, the next gen, was and it? it was still the Gen six, wasn't it? So it would have been twenty one. Yeah. Why do I feel like it was twenty twenty? No. No, it was 21. Okay. Either way, yeah, hopefully we don't have another repeat of that race anytime in the future. Hopefully NASCAR is paying more attention now and we can have more um, proactive schedule changes like we had with the Clash. I I feel like NASCAR definitely made the right decision with this because otherwise, again, I didn't pay attention to what the weather did after they actually ran the race, but... From what I had seen prior to that, it looked like it was going to be raining pretty much all through Sunday and Monday at the very least. So best case scenario, if they had tried to run it on Sunday, more than likely it wouldn't have run until at least Tuesday. And nobody wants that. No. Especially for an exhibition race. Nobody wants to hang around for an exhibition race that long. The Coliseum probably wouldn't even let them stay that long. They probably needed to tear down the track for something else. At that point, it just wouldn't have happened. So Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and, and if you're NASCAR, you don't want that. You don't want it to not happen. So you've got to be you got to be proactive about it. And, I, again, I think they made the right call, and hopefully they can do that more in the future. The issue, I think, why that hasn't really happened in the past is because TV kind of has them by the balls and yeah. really controls the schedule, I think, a lot more than they should. Um, but when TV is the majority of the money coming in for the teams and NASCAR and all that, that's kind of what happens. TV gets to make the calls when they're the big money floating around. Yeah, that makes sense. And building on top of, I guess, one positive for NASCAR so far, I have seen a lot of advertisement for the beginning of this season. I mean, I watch football and pretty much every other commercial break has been an NASCAR commercial, either for the clash or for Daytona. And I think this is probably the most advertisement I've seen for the beginning of the season in quite a while. I wonder if that has anything to do with the new TV package being announced and Fox caring more now, because you could tell the yeah. last couple of years, Fox didn't care. Uh, no. Not, not necessarily the, the personalities on the broadcast, but the production side, management, everything behind the scenes, Fox didn't care. Did yeah, it started getting real lazy. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if now that they know that they're going to be back and they have to have more of a commitment, I wonder if they're like, okay, we need to start promoting this more. We're in this again for the long term. We, we've got to get the ratings back up. Well, there's a, there's a couple races that are streaming like on Amazon this year too, right? Not this year. Not is this it, year. I th- it's next year, I think, that the... It's either next year... Or, is it next year that the package starts? I can't remember if it's next year or 26. I think it's next year. Uh, um, it, it might be that Fox sees some of that happening and decided, well, if we don't do something about how crappy our product is, we might lose it entirely. And well, so NASCAR me, seems like they make people a lot of money as far as TV goes. I'm going to look up here. I don't want to get this wrong because there's a couple different places where 
there's going to be streaming only in it is next year it's 2025 okay the link you clicked on is malformed contact the editor of the originating page no thank you <laughs> uh, that was a nascar.com link too <laughs> well there's the podcast for this year guys garth got a f- virus on his yeah computer. right <laughs> um okay here we go so the fox fox sports will carry the first 14 races of the season on fox and fs1 Fox Sports will also broadcast practice and qualifying for the Clash, the 500, and the All-Star Race. The Truck Series will continue to be exclusively on FS1. All practice and qualifying sessions will be carried by Fox Sports. Amazon Prime Video will exclusively stream five races as NASCAR's first fully direct-to-consumer partner. Prime Video's five races will follow Fox Sports' portion, so they'll be what, 15 to 19? Races 15 to 19 yeah. of the 2025 season. Um, they will also exclusively stream practice and qualifying for the first half of the year. So all the Fox races and the Amazon races, practice and qualifying will be on Prime, except for the Clash, the 500, and the All-Star Race. Okay. Second half of the season... TNT will carry the next five races after Amazon, so 20 through 24. Um, the races will air both on TNT and on Max. And all second half practice and qualifying sessions will be on True TV and Max. Okay. And then the final 14 races of the season will be on NBC, split between NBC, USA, and Peacock. So we got 38 races this year? That's counting the Clash and the All-Star Race. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, I I get the argument against having it on a streaming service, but at this point, if you don't have Amazon Prime, like, do you live under a rock? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, everybody wants to complain about that, but I mean, that's... That's the direction TV is going. Whether you like it or not, that's that's where it's going. Like no, it's going you either, away from you either cable get with the entirely. program or you get left behind. That's just how this goes. Yeah, TV's going away from cable entirely. Yeah, exactly. So ten years from now, I think NASCAR will be exclusively streaming. The next TV package, which I think this one I think goes through twenty thirty one. So I think the next TV package that starts in twenty three 2032 will either be majority streaming or all streaming. I I don't like that number 2032. Why? I just don't like that we're already to the point where we can start talking about the 2030s. <laughs> well, I mean, we're halfway through the 2020s or ah, close to it. Nah, I don't like that. I don't either. As a 90s baby, I disapprove. Okay. I, nope. <laughs> When were you born? You're not a 90s baby, are you? Uh, 2001. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. You are yeah. a baby. <laughs> um, so I missed half of Jeff Gordon's career. <laughs> you did. Yeah. I was born the year he had his first race, his first cup race. You're old. I am old. I'm very old. I always forget to look at too. Hey, huh? You're going to start getting white hairs and stuff. 
Oh, I already am. Like, oh, there's, boy. I can't, you, I don't know if you can really tell it in the camera, but I got gray hair starting to come up. <laughs> definite, like, streaks coming in on the side. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm definitely showing my age. We're watching Garth wither away before our eyes. <laughs> That's right. Tune in next week to see me pale and <laughs> sunken face. In two weeks, you get to see Ga- or Garth turn into Mother Gothel and just turn into dust in front of the camera. Ooh. Have you not watched Rapunzel? No. Oh, my God. Okay. Is is that a Disney show? Yeah. It's a Disney princess movie. Okay, that's what I thought. No, I don't think I've seen that. Did you? Do you not have, like, a sister or anything? I have an older sister that's 10 years older than me. No, okay, that explains it. Yeah. Okay. I I am well versed on all that stuff having a younger sister. Yeah. Well, okay, let's put it this way. I have a very weird family setup. My sister that's 10 years older than me is my half sister. And then I have two stepsisters, one that's a year older and one that's a year younger. But I didn't know them until I was like 12. Um and then I have a stepbrother that's younger than me. So very weird family setup. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't I didn't grow up with a little sister, no. Okay. Well Yeah. I'm still disappointed you didn't understand the reference, but No, no idea. Okay. Am I gonna have to get Disney Plus now just to watch that? <laughs> you might in twenty thirty two when we have the next yeah. NASCAR schedule. <laughs> oh god, if it ends up on Well Disney they do Plus. have ESPN. Well, that's true. I'm actually surprised ESPN didn't end up on this one. I had heard talk that they were trying to get back into it. Yeah, I I, I don't know. ESPN like fell off super hard in the mid 2010s. It's because of ABC probably. Probably, but and they I stopped being I, their I've been own going thing. back and watching like old Indy 500s and it's like the ESPN intro and everything. And I don't, I don't think they do that anymore. It's like what NBC now instead of ABC. No, I think it's still on ABC, isn't it? I think that's the one race that's on ABC. I feel like it, 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 well, Nope. It's on NBC now. Oh, huh. Okay. I thought that was a thing. Shows how much I pay attention. Yeah, okay, if you're going to make me pay attention to ARCA this year again, you need to actually pay attention to IndyCar. Fair enough, okay. I did I did pay mostly attention to IndyCar next, last year. Mostly attention? Yeah, you know. It's, it's still early for me. Oh my god, it's like, it's two in the afternoon for you. I work evenings, thank you. I, me too. No... You just told me you're working in the morning tomorrow. Tomorrow? I worked until 6 a.m. last night. You don't work a set schedule. You work whenever. Oh, my God. I don't even I know what day I work a set schedule, today. so I, I don't go to sleep till like, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I get up at, like, noon. Gar's old and has to have a sleep schedule. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we actually get into what happened in the Clash... I mean, there Which wasn't, wasn't a, lot a lot that happened. The first half, not really much happened. Second half, after Machine Gun Kelly walked out, um, <laughs> there was a lot of wrecks. Ty Gibbs dominated and then choked it. And Pretty much. 
Denny won again and called his shot again as he always does. And I beat your favorite driver. Well, okay. So I want want to. I want to get. I want to get a feel for the room on this one. I I know how I feel on this, um, and I know how I felt the first time. But he pulled out the whole. um, Hey, I beat your favorite driver again. I thought it was funny the first time. How are we? How are we feeling about him pulling that line out again? He beat what? Ty Gibbs and Joey Logano. Well, he Ty had wrecked by that point. He didn't beat anybody's favorite driver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were twenty other drivers in the race. Not very competitive cars. <laughs> Fair enough. I. I don't know. I I'm kind of over it now. Like, I understand Denny has been the bad guy most of his career and then finally decided, oh, I'll just run with the bad guy card. And now it's just annoying. Yeah, like, it was funny but... with Kyle Busch sometimes, just yeah. because Kyle Busch is kind of a funny person. But Denny just seems like he whines about everything to the point where it's just not. I, wonder... I, I can't do it. I wonder if now that Kyle's not at JGR, Denny is trying to take up that Kyle Busch mantle. He's not doing a very good job. No. Of it. Well, see, here's he's the about thing. as close to doing that as he is to getting his first championship. <laughs> right. See, here's the thing. I thought it was funny the first time he did the whole "I beat your favorite driver" thing. I don't even remember what race that was last year. Um, I don't know. But who did he even beat to get that to happen? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, well, and that's the thing because Marty Snyder even asked him the first time he said it. He was like, "So, and and who would that be?" And he goes, "All of them." <laughs> so, yes, Denny, that is what happens when you win a race. You beat all of the other drivers. Congratulations, yeah. you passed first grade. So, I thought it was funny the first time, and I actually gained a lot of respect for him the first time for clapping back at all the booze in the stands. Now that he's done it again, though, I feel like it's cringe at this point. Like, okay, you did it one time. It was funny. You've overplayed the joke now. Just, you won the race. Fine. Go. Just, if if you're going to keep doing this, keep winning. But don't keep throwing that line out because it's just cringe at this point. It's even better when he choked the championship away last year. (laughs) Right? I, I beat wonder, your favorite though, driver. Well, somebody's favorite driver just beat you for the championship, so right. go away. I, I wonder, though, if because of that, because he called a shot last year and then didn't even make the championship four, I wonder if he's going to have a chip on his shoulder this year and just go out and try to... He's either going to dominate everything or he's going to make himself look like an idiot and wreck half the time trying to go for the win. I'd call it 50-50. He'll probably get somewhere between five and ten wins this year and then, you know, yeah, choke it again because it's Denny. Yeah. Doc says hi. Hi, Doc. He's got a window right behind the, the monitor now, so he, he hangs out in the window a lot. I keep forgetting that you moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like my lighting is a lot better here than it was before. Like, I don't know what it was about the lighting at the old place, but my face would just be blown out all the time, and I couldn't do anything about it. And I feel like I look a little more natural. That's just because you're pasty. I'm, I am, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to deny that. Um, I need to change that. I need to get some more sun. Oh, um, get out of the office. Yeah, right? 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But Denny is, uh, I feel like you're right. I feel like he's going to win a lot this year, but he is also going to make himself look like an idiot a lot this year too, because he's going to be, he's going to make some stupid moves trying to go for wins. And like, he'll do like what he did at Pocono last year by stuffing Larson in the wall off of turn one, except that he won't do it right. And he'll end up wrecking himself. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I've never been a fan of Denny, and now that he's, like, actively trying to be the bad guy, it's just annoying. Right. It's like, you've already done that yourself. You don't need to keep trying. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot happened in the Clash, but, I mean... Noah Gregson was disappointing. Again. Yes, Gregson was very disappointing. Not only from his on-track product, but his paint scheme was also very disappointing, too. That might be one of the laziest paint schemes I've ever seen in my life. If you haven't seen his Rush Truck Center's paint scheme that he had during Clash, I'll flash it up on screen right now. It's like base gray with one slightly darker stripe of gray right behind the number on the side, and that's it. It doesn't like, help. Who came that up the, with this? It doesn't help that the new Fords and Toyotas, like the body shape, does absolutely nothing to help a paint scheme. Right. the The new Toyota is ugly as hell. I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far. Now you drive a Rav Four. You're biased. Uh, maybe. No. <laughs> no. Um, I like the new Mustang though. No, I can't do it. No, I feel like they're. I feel like they look better than the original next gen Mustangs did. And I, I think the Toyotas look better than the original next gen Toyotas did. I still the Chevy's the only next gen that I've actually, you know, not hated. I don't know. Mm. I the new Mustangs like in general, I'm not a fan of. Mm Hmm. But it doesn't look any better on a NASCAR. I don't know. I I disagree. I feel like, well, I can't speak for the the real Mustangs, the ones out on the road. I haven't really paid too close of attention to what the new Mustangs look like. But um, I do feel like the the nose of the next gen Mustang, the new one. Personally, I think it it looks a little more real and makes it, it makes it look a little bit more like the actual streetcar than what the old one did. Yeah, I'll give you that. The like grill fascia was just a flat surface on the first edition yeah. of the next gen Mustang. Well, the, the new Toyotas look the like they're going to be really the fast. Six, basically, yeah, the new Toyotas look like they're going to be really fast. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. When is JGR yeah. not fast? I know. They just look like they got a little bit more aerodynamic shape than compared to the Fords and Chevys. Well, the nose doesn't come to a point anymore, does it? They can probably bump draft a little better at Daytona and Talladega now than they That's could what I was thinking. Chevys are yeah. probably going to have the same problem they've had the past couple years where it's just the triangle nose. Yeah, they can't lock bumpers, Mm-mm. which... 
There's still a rule that they can't lock bumpers, right? No, that's in Xfinity. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, as long as the nose is flat and it lines up with the bumper, yeah. But, yeah, Chevy's probably still going to have that problem with the pointed nose. So, I yeah, have a feeling... I expect them to not be a factor in the 500. Which, when's the last time they really were? I mean, I know Ricky Stenhouse won a couple of years ago. Or, no, last year. He won last it year. It was last year. Um, it but, helps that like half the field gets wrecked by the time we get to the finish anyway. So Right. But in terms of actual speed and who's up there dominating most of the race until they get wrecked, it's never usually the Chevys. Now they qualify well, but then we get to about right. the first round of pit stops and then they're just gone. Well, they qualify well because Hendrick has historically put a lot of effort into Daytona 500 qualifying. A lot yeah. of effort. Um. Let's put I don't the know, I don't know what the number the is of the race now. Yeah. I don't know what the number is, but I feel like Hendrick has to have the most Daytona 500 poles of any team. Yeah, I, I every time I feel like I've paid attention to Daytona 500 qualifying, it's been a Hendrick car. I mean, even back so I'm still working through my NASCAR Classics journey and I've just started into 1989. 2 years in a row, 88 and 89, Ken Schrader won the Daytona 500 pole in the 25 car for Hendrick. Ken Schrader. Yeah. So even as far back as the late 80s, Hendrick was dominating Daytona 500 qualifying. Hasn't really helped at the end of the race recently, but that's okay. Not recently, no. I mean, Hendrick does have a decent amount of Daytona 500 wins. Gordon won a few times. Johnson won a few times. Um, who else have they had that's won the 500? That can't be um, it. What? Jeff, Jimmy, Dale Jr. Jr., yeah. Uh, shit, I don't know. I don't know. Terry Labonte never won it. Didn't the 25 win it once? Uh, huh? when it was, didn't the 25 win it once when it was the National Guard car? I forget who was driving that. No. That was Casey Mears. The only race he won with Hendrick was a Coke 600 on fuel mileage. Oh. I don't know. I feel like maybe Mark Martin won it once. <laughs> With Hendrick? Maybe? I don't know. No. Let's, let's the only time, the, the closest Mark Martin ever came was 2007 when Kevin Harvick beat him by that much. And that was in the 01 car. That wasn't with Hendrick. <sighs> Hendrick only has eight Daytona 500s. Uh... Jeff Bodine, Tim Richmond, Daryl Waltrip, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon. Tim Richmond won a Daytona 500? Oh, this is all... This is just Daytona. This is oh, 500. I was going to say, yeah, I don't think Jeff Bodine or Tim Richmond ever won the 500. Okay, here. Let's see if we can find just the ones with the 500 trophy. I feel like that might be it. I, it might just be Gordon Johnson and Junior. I'm pretty sure it is. Of course, I on the Hendrick website, I look at Hendrick Daytona 500 wins, and it's like, Hendrick Daytona wins. <laughs> like, no. They've only won it eight times. The most recent was 2014 with Dale Jr. Okay, yeah. Okay, here, uh, I have a list of all Daytona 500 winners. Jeff Bodine, Darrell Waltrip, 
Oh, Jeff Bodine did win it in 86. That's right. Jeff Gordon, Jimmy, and Dale Jr. That's right. Waltrips was with Hendrick. That's right. Yeah. I didn't even know DW won a Daytona 500. 89. And I literally just watched that one, too. I'm on, like, race three of 89. I literally just watched DW win the Daytona 500. Which, the fact that I didn't know DW won a Daytona 500, I don't know if that shows that I'm completely ignorant, or if that just doesn't show, like, how important the Daytona 500 is to the racing world anymore. I'm gonna say that... I'm gonna put that on ignorance, because... I feel like anybody that knows anything about the 500 more than likely knows DW1 because there's a lot of circumstances around that race that uh, because of the number 17, um, he was driving the 17 for Hendrick. It was like his 17th try at the 500. Um, His daughter was 17 months old or something. There was a bunch of 17s around that, that they were playing off of. Hmm. Okay. I just know like, with the Indy 500, it's like as soon as somebody wins that, they're always introduced as Indy 500 champion, whatever. Mm-hmm. But NASCAR, it's like Jimmy and Jeff get introduced as NASCAR champions, and then Daytona 500. It just like there's so yeah. many. They're like the Daytona 500 and the Coke 600 and a couple other things seem like they're about on the same level in NASCAR now. And I don't know if that's just because the racing world lost respect for Daytona or what. I don't know that it's necessarily losing respect for Daytona as much as it is. I think that's the major difference in NASCAR and IndyCar or a lot of other racing series is NASCAR is at the point where the championship is the big prize, not certain races. The championship is a big prize in IndyCar, but... The Indy 500 is the bigger prize. I think if you asked any IndyCar driver which they would rather win, the 500 or the championship, I think most of them would tell you the 500. Yeah. Whereas if you asked any NASCAR driver, most of them would probably tell you the championship over the Daytona 500. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I feel like... I feel like that number would be closer in NASCAR because the Daytona 500 is still like the race in NASCAR and everybody wants to win it. But I do think the majority would tell you the championship over the 500. I would argue that, I mean, if it were me choosing, I would rather win the championship than the 500 in NASCAR because the 500 is so much like luck based now because of how many big wrecks there are. Like, I mean, sure, you can be good at plate racing, but well, I guess not plate racing anymore. But you can be good at that style of track. Drafting but... tracks. Oh, drafting track. <laughs> I hate that. Hate uh... that. But I mean, you can be good at that style of racing and still just get deleted by somebody else's mistake, which happens in other forms of racing too, but it's much less common. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, And I think that is part of the reason why maybe the 500 and the other and the 500, the 400 and the Talladega races and Atlanta now probably aren't as prestigious as they were 10 to 15 years ago, 
because it's such a crapshoot now. It's always been a crapshoot. I mean, looking down through, I've still got this Daytona 500 winners list open. Looking down through this list, there are some random ass names on this list. Derek Cope won in 1990. Ricky Stenhouse won last year, and you can't convince Mm -hmm. me Ricky Stenhouse is a good NASCAR driver. Right, but I'm talking pre when this race got real crazy and stupid. Derek Cope, 1990. Ernie Irvin won in 1991. Sterling Marlin won a couple of years, 94, 95. He was, I mean, I wouldn't call him a great driver, but he was a good driver. Average. Yeah. Uh, Michael Waltrip won a couple of them. Ward Burton won one in 2002. Um, Jamie McMurray won in 2010. Trevor Bain, 2011. Um, I remember that Trevor Bain one. Yeah. And then you start getting into the weird years. Austin Dillon, 2018. You get Denny Hamlin for a couple of years. Michael McDowell, 2021. Austin Sendrick. The only thing he's done in his entire career so far, winning the Daytona 500 in 2022. And Ricky and first, that was like his first race, too, wasn't it? Like his first points race? His first full-time race. He had a couple of starts in 2021, oh. but it was his first full-time race. Yeah, that's the that's the only thing Austin Cindric has done in his entire the career. The only thing he does good to run in the top twenty at this point when his teammates have won the championships the last two years. Yep, nepotism, gotta love it. It's what happens when your dad owns the team. It is or well, runs the team. Own I guess. the team runs the team. Yeah. There's not much of a difference at this point. Yeah, probably not. It's like. Um, Stuart Haas is Stuart Haas, but Haas has like 3% input right now. I feel like he's got more input at this point because I think Tony's starting to check out. He's I, I would he's too if the team was as bad as it racing. was. Well, that's the thing though. His I don't think the team was bad until he started checking out. Because I think he's been focusing more on his drag racing stuff lately and the other ventures he's got going on. He's paying less attention to SHR now. Yeah, I don't blame him, though. If I had a choice between a sinking ship and SHR or managing my dirt racing and, like, the drag racing that he does, <laughs> I know what I would be doing, but... Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I'm not saying he's necessarily in the wrong. I'm saying that I think that's what's going on. Um, There was a Mexico Series race following the clash on Saturday night as well that we should probably talk about. Um, honestly, I thought it was a better race than the, than the clash. Now, it was, was that the first Mexico series race in the U S I believe so. Yes. I might be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that, but I believe it was, um, I believe it was the first one that's been televised in the U S at the very least because, yeah. um, I I have tried to get into the Mexico series recently. I've wanted to start watching it and get into it. And it's very difficult to find where to watch it in the U.S. Like the Pinty series in Canada, no problem whatsoever. It's on Flow Racing. I mean, you have to buy your subscription to Flow Racing, but you at least know where to go for the Pinty series in the U.S., I have no idea where I'm supposed to watch the Mexico series. I don't think there is anywhere to consistently watch the Mexico series in the U.S. <laughs> um, and it didn't help that uh, I don't know that Fox put a lot of effort into this broadcast. Now, 
God bless Adam Alexander um, having to deal with Michael Waltrip all night. Um, <laughs> but Adam, I don't feel like I, Adam felt like a fish out of water. Like Adam was trying, but you could tell that he didn't know a lot about the Mexico series. Uh, he had done some homework, like, but it it, it wasn't his forte. Now, Mikey, I don't know that Mikey did any prep work for that broadcast at all. I really don't. The whole night, Mikey just did not know what he was talking about, didn't know how to pronounce names. It was ridiculous, which I'm not surprised by. I mean, they couldn't figure out how to pronounce Andres Perez de Lara last year for the entire Arca season. <laughs> they, they couldn't pronounce Regina Servant on Saturday night. Regina Servant, or whatever they were trying to call her. I, oh, my God. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. Mikey, Mikey is not fit for a TV booth. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. He's not. I know. Is he in the truck booth again this year? Probably. Oh, I can't um, wait to hear more about Daniel Die. Yeah, right. I know. Okay, so here's the thing. I know Mikey is is playing a character when he's on TV. Mikey's not actually as stupid as he plays himself off to be on TV. The problem is. It's not a good character. Who wants that no. character? Nobody enjoys watching Mikey be an idiot. I don't know why he plays that character. Um, it's kind of funny when it's Clint Boyer, but that's pushing it. Yeah, and I think I think everybody's kind of tired of Boyer at this point, too. Um, like, I yeah. like Boyer's personality. I think the problem is... The thing with Boyer is... I don't know... It almost feels like Fox doesn't let him show his personality completely. Like, they want the goofy idiot, but they don't want him to go full goofy idiot, and they try to restrain him a little bit, and he doesn't know how to be halfway goofy idiot. So it just comes off weird. I think Kevin Harvick being there will help that booth a lot. I I think it it already has. Harvick and Boyer seem to play off of each other very well, on Saturday night. I mean, and I'm not surprised by that. Those two know each mm-hmm. other very well. They were teammates at two different points in their career, both at RCR and at SHR. So yeah. they know each other. They're comfortable around each other. So I think I think that's going to be a good booth. I think they're well, going to play Harvick, well off of each like, other. Harvick, when I've seen him in Xfinity, or I think he's done some trucks race too, but Every time mm-hmm. I've seen him in the booth, I've been fairly impressed. Joey Logano's pretty good in the booth, even though he's annoying as hell. <laughs> Joey's good in the booth. I think both Bush brothers are good in the booth. I really Kislowski. wish we could get more. Yeah, Kozlowski's good in the booth. I really wish we could get more Kurt Busch in the booth. I think Kurt Busch is extremely good in the booth. Kurt um, Busch is awesome in general. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, now that he's got his anger issues figured out. Um, the anger issues are funny, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Kurt Busch is, is a super cool dude. Um, and he's very good at broadcasting. I wish he would. I don't know if that's his choice or if the, or if Fox and NBC just won't put him on broadcasts as much as we saw the anger stuff from the mid 2010s. Could be. Yeah. I almost wonder, (laughs) I assume Amazon and TNT are going to have different booths next year than what Fox and NBC do. It makes me wonder Probably. who's going to be in those booths. 
It would be Maybe cool. Maybe we could see somebody like, like Kurt, Kurt Busch in those boots. Huh? Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, because that's the thing. More booths gives us more opportunity for some of these guys that we don't see as often that are really good. Bring back Alan Bestwick. Stick Kurt Busch yes. in a booth. Um, I mean, I don't and, understand and Alan Bestwick was ever taken out of any booth ever. I don't either. I I truly think, in my personal opinion, Alan Bestwick is the best play-by-play guy in the history of NASCAR. That's not to take anything away from Mike Joy, Bob Jenkins. Um, who are the other good ones? Maybe that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and early Bob Jenkins was a little sketchy too. That's what I'm learning uh, watching back through NASCAR classics. Early Bob Jenkins was not great to listen to. He was trying to figure himself out and had no idea what he was doing. Um, mid to late 80s, he was not very good. But he now that I'm getting into 89, he's starting to get his foot and starting to footing and starting to sound better. So I'm hoping as we get into the 90s, that's the Bob Jenkins that I remember. But Either way, um, yeah, Alan Bestwick, personally, I think, is the GOAT of NASCAR play-by-play. That's not to take anything away from Mike Joy or Bob Jenkins or anybody else, but, um, yeah, Alan Bestwick is the GOAT, and we need him back. Very bad. Yeah, and and not just in NASCAR. We need him back in IndyCar and everything else, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've seen it with football recently since they started doing like the Amazon stuff on Thursday nights and all that different kind of thing. Like more booths is better, I think. I mean, you just get some more voices. You get people to like, I mean, even if you do a couple races a year in NASCAR, then when Mike Joy retires, you have somebody that has experience doing this. Mm-hmm. I think the plan when Mike Joy does finally retire. And from what I've heard, they're going to have to wheel him out of that booth. Um, Oh yeah. But I think when he does finally hang it up, I think the plan, at least for right now, is that Adam Alexander is supposed to be his replacement, which I find NASCAR on mute for the next couple of years. Huh? I'm watching NASCAR on mute. I don't think Adam Alexander's that bad. I mean, for a guy that before he started broadcasting NASCAR didn't like racing, I think he does a really good job. See, that makes it worse. <laughs> no, I think that makes it better for the fact that he has changed his tune and that he can appreciate NASCAR now. Yeah. Every time I watch a NASCAR YouTube video and I have to hear Adam Alexander at the end of the video, I'm like <laughs> scrambling to click away. I disagree. Hi, NASCAR disagree. fans. Thanks for watching our video. Like, <laughs> shut up. Oh yeah, he's I, I I like Adam Alexander, but to each their own, I guess. Um, he's not as bad as the NBC guy. What's his name? Rick Allen. Oh, I hate Rick Allen. He was good in trucks, and it just doesn't seem like he's ever found his footing in the Cup Series. He try. It feels like he tries too hard. He does um, like the Lee Diffie random screaming at different things that are happening. It's like just stop. I have a random Rick Allen story. The one time I ever met Rick Allen, and I don't, sorry. I wouldn't even call it officially meeting him. Um, I was in college, and I had gone to cover a race at Kentucky. This sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Rick Allen in college at Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so I would parked in the infield in the in the media lot. Got out, started to walk away. Realized that I had locked my keys in my vehicle. 
So this is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I go back and try to figure out, like, at this point, I had like this was pre like having apps to unlock your car or whatever. Like this was like 2012. This was before that. I didn't have any of that. Like it was locked in there. I had to like manually get it out. So I start looking around. I noticed there's a cop down at the end of the road that was like directing traffic. So I go down, ask this cop if he can help me. He comes back and looks and he goes off to get like the tool or whatever to like Jimmy the lock open comes back, starts doing that and, uh, or starts trying to figure out how to do it because I didn't have the window cracked or anything. Rick Allen walks up. Apparently I'd parked right next to Rick Allen. Um, and he, he starts talking for a second and sees what we're doing. And then he walks over to his car on the right side of mine. And he goes, Hey, the window's cracked over here on this side. You could probably use that. I had forgotten I had cracked the window on the passenger <laughs> side. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's my Rick Allen story. <laughs> yeah, that's a nightmare. Yep. I think that was... Locked that outside was probably... your car in Kentucky with Rick Allen. Yeah. I think that was that was right about the time he started doing Cup because it had to have been 2011, 2012 when he started doing Cup races, wasn't it? Nah, I don't know. It was somewhere around in there. So it was either had to be like the first or second year that he was doing cup broadcasts. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my one and only Rick Allen story. <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, very, very random. Um, but either way, Mexico Series race, we're, we're getting distracted. Daniel Suarez wins the Mexico Series race. A lot what? of folks, including Tyler, will say not surprisingly, but. Daniel did not dominate this race. He only led in like the last 20 laps or so. Like it was, it was very late in the race when he finally got to the lead. Cause he was, um, he was back around the, the back part of the top five or so for a lot of the race. Um, but did finally get up there and win the race. There was a lot of attrition late. There was a lot of guys that had been fast that, end up having issues on restarts. They get wrecked or somebody runs into the back of them or whatever. I mean, it's the Coliseum. That's just what happens in this race. Everybody's running into everybody. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of guys that, that had fast cars and um, couldn't as doc walks across the keyboard um, and couldn't finish it off. Um, I mean, you look back at the bottom part of the, the running order and, um, Abraham Calderon led a lot of the early part of the race, probably had the fastest car early. And I don't know if he used up his tires late or what, but definitely fell back into the pack late in the race and then had issues on a restart. Ruben Garcia was also fast, actually took the lead from Calderon before Calderon had his issues. Then Garcia had his own issues. Ruben Garcia, you might remember, ran in, it was, I guess it was K&N East at that point. It was before Arca took over. Um, what's now the Arca East series ran for them for a couple of years for rev racing, won a couple of races. Um, and then went back to Mexico. I believe he's a four time Mexico series champion now, and he's only 24, Damn. um, which apparently is the most all time in that series. So he's killing it down there in the Mexico series. Um, Max Gutierrez, that's another name we might recognize from, Arca and K&N East, he ended up in the ninth position in this race. Andres Perez de Lara, um, 
which apparently Fox can't pronounce correctly. I will always <laughs> remind of that because I I can't stand that Fox doesn't do their their homework and learn how to pronounce names. Eight Go get for him, Andres Perez Delara. Huh? Go get him, Jamie Little. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, and then in top five, Daniel Suarez obviously wins. Santiago Tovar. I, I haven't done my homework either so i'm i'm making fun of fox but i might mispronounce a name or two here um santiago tovar yeah right ends up in second alex de alba in third rahelio lopez that's got to be rahelio um i'm sorry if i mispronounced that i'm i'm pulling a fox here in fourth oh my god and yacabo cosio who let michael waltrip in here yeah right <laughs> I just shouldn't have tried the results here. Now I'm making no. myself look like an idiot, as usual. Yeah, yeah. Um, either way, that's the top five. Um, Regina Servant won the fan vote, and she was in the race, or as they were calling her on the broadcast, Regina Servant. Um, <laughs> she uh, did not have a good night. Started in last because she was the fan vote, so that's where the fan vote put her. Um, and then... Went a lap down early, kind of stuck in traffic, couldn't really get around anybody, and then got lapped, and then there was a caution, and after there had been a couple other people lapped and just kind of got trapped a lap down and never really um, recovered from that. Ended up in 18th, um, 18th out of 21, so not a great night, but um, good to see Regina out there nonetheless. I think um, the fan vote should start on the pole position just for shits and giggles. <laughs> You know, that would be interesting. Fan um, vote gets their own row ahead of the first row. I would I would like to see what would have happened with Regina in that case. Because um, Regina is one, like, I want to see her do well. And I want to believe she has talent. But it's hard to determine that when you can't watch Mexico Series races. So I don't really know what she's done down there. I know she's trying to break into the American scene. She's ran some late model races for Rev Racing. No idea what she's done in those because it's hard to watch late model races too. Um, so she's one that I want to believe she is good, and I and I really hope she is, and I hope she's successful. But at this point, I have no idea, and it's very hard to tell when she starts in last and stuck in traffic and gets lapped early, and then gets just trapped a lap down and can't do anything. Very hard to tell whether it, it's very hard to tell whether she was back there just purely because she was slow or because she was, or because of circumstances, you know? Yeah. I mean, once you get trapped the lap down in the Coliseum, it, it, you're done. Exactly. It just snowballs from there. I think she ended up at the end of the race, like five laps down because it just kept snowballing because when you're a lap no down and you're like the last car running, you're always starting at the very back. So you're always going to be stuck back in that traffic. And at a track that small, you're stuck in traffic very long. You're going to get lapped pretty quickly. No aggression so, moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, as slow as he was, I'm kind of surprised he qualified his way in in the first place. I don't know. Either way, uh, well, no, especially, I find it funny that he qualified in, but Josh Barry didn't. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Barry was the only SHR car that didn't make the main event. Hmm. Well, it's also like his first year driving cup cars. 
right? True. I mean, it kind of is for Gregson. He only made it like a half a season before he got suspended. Yeah. Okay. That touche. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Not that um, he was any good last year, but <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I wonder how many times Noah Gregson can crash at the Chicago Street Course this year. <laughs> Let's find out. I'm I'm curious to see. Um, can we make it five this year? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, he's in more expensive equipment this year, so hopefully for Tony's and Gene's sake, <laughs> hopefully not. Tony will um, park him by the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> Tony will be off somewhere else on the other side of the country drag racing, and he'll call the team from Pomona, California or something and be like, park him now. <laughs> oh, But I think that's all we got for the Coliseum. Uh, the plan is right now, as long as we can get our schedules lined up, we're going to do a preview show next week for Daytona. Uh, so we'll... Hopefully have that out for you before the clash or not for the clash before the duels happen on Thursday. That, that is the plan. We're going to try to make that happen. Uh, but very quickly before we uh, leave here, in case we don't get a preview done, there are 50 entries for the ARCA race at Daytona. And I don't have the number in front of me, but I believe that's the first time in 10 years that there's been enough cars that someone will, not make the field for this race. How many can make the field for Arca? I believe it's still 43. They may have bumped it down to 40. Okay. I think it's still 43, though. Um, I'll have to so look at it. a decent up. amount of people will be sending home. Yeah, no, it is. Um, there's, there's a lot of entries in this race. And, I mean, there's a lot of names in here that um, we haven't seen in ARCA in a while. A lot of names that you necessarily wouldn't expect. I mean, Marco Andretti is trying to qualify for this race. <laughs> Tanner Gray is in the JGR 18 car. Uh, Amber Balkin, who's going to be running full-time this year, as well as Tony Bridinger. Uh, SVG's in this race. Shane Van Gisbergen. Justin Bonsignor of modified fame up in the Northeast. He's going to be trying to make the race in the 30 car, the car that Frankie Munez was in last year. Um is Frankie Munoz racing back? this year? Huh? Is Munoz racing this year? I don't know. See, because there was there was a report that came out. He was confirmed he was going to be at Ryan Sieg's team in Xfinity. But oh. that has never officially come out from the team. In fact, the team said that that report was false. And, oh, boy. Um, the last I saw was Frankie had made some sort of cryptic tweet about being heartbroken about something, which makes me think he had a deal and it fell through. Yeah. So I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, that's probably where I would be leaning towards. That's not yeah. fun. Um, hopefully he can find a ride because I think, I think the dude's got talent. Unfortunately, that 30 car is just... It's not what people think it is because uh, there's a lot of people that were expecting him and Amber to do much better than they did in that car, Amber Balkan. Um, and because they didn't do well, neither one of them did well in that car. Everybody's just like, oh, Amber Balkan sucks. Frankie Muniz sucks. No, the car sucks. That Red Jones Racing 30 car is not a good car. That is not a car that... I don't even think Ty Gibbs could win in that car. It would be very difficult 
as much as Ty Gibbs dominated ARCA, I don't think if you stuck Ty Gibbs in that car, he would win a race. I really don't, unless it was on a fluke. I really don't. <laughs> like, So everybody that's just like, oh, Amber Balkan sucks, Frankie Muniz sucks because they couldn't do anything in the 30 car, does not understand equipment in the ARCA series. That 30 car is not race win equipment. So, yeah, I, I think with what Frankie was able to do in that car, I really think that um, he's got the talent. He just needs a ride. And the the unfortunate part is he didn't have the sponsorship. I mean, most of the last half of the season last year, he had Ford sponsorship on that car, which isn't really sponsorship. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully he's able to come up with something. I'd really like to see him back in a car. Um, Greg Von Alst is back. From what I've heard, he's supposedly back and going to be running full time again this year. And he's bringing really? a second I thought he was car done after him. last year. Huh? I thought he was done after last year. Well, he went and started running trucks with Young's Motorsports, and that didn't go well. Um, mm. So now I think he's he's back. And from what I've heard, he's supposedly running full time again this year. Although he said he was running full time last year, and that didn't happen after Charlotte. So we'll see if that happens again this year, but he's bringing a second car to Daytona, the 34 car, which apparently will be driven by Isaac Johnson. Um, Gustine will be in the 55 for Venturini and Oh, the one and only AJ Moyer is back as well. So that will be exciting. That's a guaranteed caution or two. <laughs> You oh, think boy. I'm kidding? It really is. I, every race he was in last year, I'm pretty sure every race he was in, he caused at least one caution. Now, granted, he was wow. in the slowest car in the field and shouldn't have been out there after like five laps, but... Hey, you know, we don't have any rules for that. It's ARCA. Everybody gets Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard what um, ARCA's licensing process is, and let's just say there isn't much of one driver's license <laughs> you're basically yes <laughs> um i'm gonna get yelled at if i say what it is publicly so i'll tell you after we're done okay oh, um yeah i'm gonna get publicly shamed if i do we'll put it that way um <laughs> not the first time i've been publicly shamed but i'm trying to avoid it uh um, the last no probably not but um, that's going to be about it for today. Thanks for hanging out y'all. And we will, uh, hopefully see you next week for a Daytona preview to talk everything. Daytona speed week, duels, Arca trucks, Xfinity cup, Daytona 500. We got all that for you next week to talk. So hopefully we'll be back sometime midweek next week to talk about that. So I think that's going to about do it for us today though. Um, this has been the rookie strides podcast. I'm Garth. That's Tyler. 